Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com, joined, as always, by Keith Smith of Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog, all over the place. And today, we're talking about what else? James Harden. Massive trade. James Harden is finally no longer a Houston Rocket. Keith, are you tired of talking about this yet? Uh, I'm getting close, but but I'm excited to get in with you because because we'll get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty, yep. which I'm excited about because you know everywhere else was you know tell me why the Nets are on gonna go undefeated and all this craziness. Yes, that's that's what I've been doing too. All of the conversations I've been having have been about well, what does this mean for the Lakers? Which is fine. I love talking about that. But yeah. also, are the Nets now the team to beat? Are they better than everybody else? Are they, uh, what's what's going to happen yeah. with Kyrie? And we can talk about all that storyline stuff too, but I know there's some major cap implications here and there's some things in this trade that may explain why some things happened, like the Victor Oladipo piece, the Karis LeVert piece. There's some different things to break down. So I can't wait, Keith, to dive into this and get to break down this side of it. But first, we do need to do a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Theragun. Uh, Theragun, look, the, the stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive uh, therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's on while you soothe your aching muscles. Uh, You can try Theragun for 30 days. There's no substitute though for the Gen 4, but you get an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starts at $199. All you have to do is go to theragun.com slash office right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Theragun.com slash office. And again, that is theragun.com slash office. Keith, at this point, I would imagine the executives involved in the James Harden deal all need Theragun, especially from the Rockets. Yeah. At this oh, point, their, their shoulders and neck are probably so <laughs> tense from these last few days, but at least that deal is finally done. Yeah, absolutely, especially on the Rockets side. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's a, it was stressful. And to, to kind of recap, I guess, what went on in recent days is Kyrie Irving has been away from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we, we we thought we knew why, but now there seems to be some mixed messaging. Sean Marks came out today and said, it is um, paraphrasing here, but it's, you know, we support our guy, but we, we would hope he'd be back soon and uh, those things. So you could tell it was, you know, at least initial support, but then maybe a little aggravated at the end. The read I'm getting on the situation was everybody got it when he, you know, stepped away in the middle of last week. Mm-hmm. And now that it's stretched uh, out to, you know, a week or so, so here and he's um uh was spotted at a birthday party and all that that i don't think is sitting quite as well with guys they obviously had injuries spencer dinwiddie is out um and that so so the nets were struggling a little on their side and then from the rockets just a couple nights ago after they lost james harden basically got a got to the zoom room and then said 
um, you know, it's not going to happen here. I've done everything I can. It's time to go. Yeah. And that was, you know, uh, again, I'm paraphrasing, but that was was it. So so it was time to make the trade. And boy, did they ever, you know, it's all it, it's ultimately two trades. Um, we're still waiting on the second half of this to to go finalize. But the one that is done and finalized was Houston, Cleveland, and Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn gets Harden. That's the easiest part of this whole thing. Right. Uh, Cleveland gets Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Also relatively easy. And then what the Rockets get is Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, and uh, Rodian's Kuroops. And then they get essentially what is the control of eight first-round picks in this trade and that is um the easy one is a 2022 pick from the milwaukee bucks uh via the cleveland cavaliers so that's the easy one then it's every nets pick that they could possibly trade um you're only allowed to go out seven years in terms of trading picks and the nets did so what they gave is in all the odd years starting with this one so 21 23 25 and 27 uh, Houston has the right to swap picks. And then in 22, 24, and 26, the Nets pick goes direct to the Rockets. Uh, the reason why they structured it that way versus the other was um, Houston has some uh, pick swaps that they're in protected picks that they're tied up in uh, due to the Russell Westbrook trade um, with the, the Thunder a couple years ago now. Um, so that is what why they structured it the way they did. So it, it's just, you know, a little little extra added confusion there. Uh, Brooklyn also got a second round pick uh, from Cleveland. That's it's it's a pick mm-hmm. between Utah and the Cavs and and the Knicks are also involved. So, you know, but that doesn't really matter here. Then the second half of this, which will be a separate trade, it will be Karis LeVert will go to the Indiana Pacers uh, for Victor Oladipo and there'll be a second round pick that'll change hands there as well. Um, that trade has not yet happened. It's probably just a matter of time before that one comes through and is finalized. Um, and then just because it's our show and we want to be there, uh, the draft rights to Alexander Vezenkov went from the Nets to the uh, Cavs as well. So that was the uh, kind of final piece that hadn't been reported yesterday. He's probably never coming to the NBA. So, you know, massive, you know, huge trade. Uh, lots of guys moving around. Lots of picks moving around. Well, let's start Let's start with the Nets part of this. Because, I mean, Keith, you you know all too well. The Nets did this, kind of. They did something similar a few years back <laughs> yeah. when they gave all those picks to Boston for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and, and everything, and and then it didn't work out for them. So the Nets are now kind of going back to the wall. Now, the difference, of course, this time is that they've got Kevin Durant. They've got, we think, Kyrie Irving, once they can find him, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, they've got, they now have these three stars. Uh, but financially, what kind of commitment now are the Nets making? I mean, this is a significant salary that they're going to be paying out to James Harden. And this is a team that already was in a tough spot in terms of the salary cap. Yeah, absolutely. So they now have um, three players who combine to make have a more uh, salary owed to the three players in Durant, Harden, and Irving than you had, um, I think it was five or six total team oh. payrolls. That's crazy. Um, so ju- just those three guys, which is, is crazy. So, um, you know, this year, Durant's on the books for 40.1 million, Harden 40.2, Kyrie Irving 33.5. Uh, next year, it's 42 for Durant, 44.3 for Harden, 35 for Kyrie. And then they all have player options for 22-23 at 43.9, 47.3, and 36.6. So, 
significant money investment over the remainder of this season, the next two seasons. Uh, then they've got DeAndre Jordan. Thankfully, his salary drops a little bit year to year, um, but not enough to really matter. And then you've got Joe Harris, who signed that massive um, contract with them, $16 million this year, 17 next, 18 and then $19, um, you know, almost 20 in that final year. So, so a lot of money on the books for the Nets. Uh, going forward, they 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 don't have a lot of depth, especially up front. I think their wing depth and guard depth is fine if everybody's there. Yeah, it's it's that front court depth that is really hurting. It's DeAndre Jordan's the only real big on this roster now, and then Jeff Green as a uh, you know pseudo big, um, you know is kind of, kind of there as well. So that's what I would expect them to do next. They they've still got their full taxpayer mid level of five point seven million. They'll likely get a disabled player exception for Spencer Dinwiddie, which will be another five point seven million. And then they'll have, um, you know, it's just at that point they'll have a minimum slot or two to fill. And that they're not hard capped or anything, so it's just about how much tax are they willing to pay. Thankfully, they're one of the, the richest owners in the entire game, so I think this is about you know, load it up and go go spend a ton of money and try to win a championship. What do you think about the value for what they just spent? I mean, giving up Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, two young players that i mean some teams like them more than others but you give up those two pieces plus you're giving up all of these picks right your future and if things don't go right we've already seen what can happen if things don't go right here these are unprotected picks that they gave up things can look really bad that you can get stuck is what i'm saying if something happens james harden kevin durant Kyrie Irving, if this does not work and the Nets in a couple of years are bad, they're going to be bad for a long time because they're not going to have the picks to really lift them back up. So what are your thoughts about the risk the Nets are taking here? Like if you were the Nets, is this a move that you make? Yeah, I I don't know if you can hear, but my dogs are clearly chiming in (laughs) in there with their thoughts on it. Um, Yeah, I I think. So it's funny, I, you know, as you, I'm sure, have been as well, I've been asked the same question multiple times. And my answer is, I think it's fine right now. Mm-hmm. It's the later years, yeah. you know, 25, 26, 27. Um, that might as well be a lifetime away in the NBA. By the time we actually get to those years, I don't know that any of these guys, they, maybe no one on this team will still be on this roster because they don't yeah. have anybody really young um, to build around. So I think right now it doesn't matter. The pick swaps won't matter for at least the next – this year certainly not going to matter. Um, probably not going to even matter in 2023 either. And then that 2022 pick, that'll probably be you know somewhere in the 25 to 30 range, barring complete disaster. Right. But complete disaster is what happened last time with this team it didn't go well it didn't fit they they needed to tear it all down um now those guys were older but let's not kid ourselves durant uh, and harden aren't exactly young um you know they're both north of 30 now if i remember um and then i will say Kyrie's got to be what 27 maybe 28 so he's 28 now to 29 soon so I mean these guys it's not like these it's not like you just group together three stars that are all um you know 25 years old. Right. So it's you know it's um they they're they're you know they they're not young but I think these first few years they'll be fine. You know and this team will stay together, they'll contend, they'll be really good. It's those later years where it has the potential to get really ugly. But my point was with Sean Marks is if he if this team isn't a contender this year and next year, you run the risk of losing Durant because yeah. he's a free agent. Uh, maybe you run the risk of losing Kyrie because he can also be a free agent. You know, what do you do there? And then I think if that team doesn't doesn't figure it out as a real contender in the next few years, 
Sean Marks isn't making those picks in 25, 26, and 27 anyway. Right. So, you know, why not? You know, go all in and, and you know, see, see what you can make happen. It's, you know, it's, I, I, you know my feeling. When you're close, go for it. And they feel like they're close, so now they're going for it. And they'll fill out the rest of the roster just fine. They'll be, you know, them, the Lakers, and the Clippers. When when Lakers and Clippers are able to add guys, they'll be the prime buyout destinations for everybody um, under the sun. Any, you know, veteran ring chasers looking to catch on will be looking at those teams because they'll potentially be, um, you know, minutes available, a chance to actually play. And I think that that's, you know, now, now the Nets are right in that mix too. Yeah, I agreed. I think that that when you're close, you've got to go. You got to make the the sacrifice and do whatever it takes to get there. You know, we talk about, and you know, I wasn't comfortable from the Lakers' perspective giving up Ingram and Lonzo and Josh Hart and all the picks and and everything you had to package up to get Anthony Davis. But you had to do it. You've got LeBron. You've yeah. got a chance to win. Right and you don't now. care now, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and <laughs> and, uh, and same thing with the Clippers, right? In in terms of giving up all that in order to get Paul George, well, they knew that it was going to bring in Kawhi Leonard as well, and this was a chance for them to win a championship. When you have a chance to win a championship, you have to go ahead and take that risk because that opportunity, frankly, doesn't come along all that often for a lot of NBA teams. And so I I like that the Nets said, all right, you know what? I know we still have that pain. We still bear those scars from from giving up all those picks years ago, but we're going to go for it. We're going to do it again. We're not going to let that stop us from reaching the heights that we think we can get to. But um, And I will say say one one last thing with the Nets too is, well, a couple last things is one, um, on the flip side, I think this will work out fine. I think they'll be okay. Um, it has a potential. It has big time disaster potential mm-hmm. all, all over it, right? Is is you could get into a spot where these three guys don't really know how to play together. The guy I'm least concerned about is Kevin Durant. Right. He knows what to do. He did this with the Warriors, and you know he is the best player of those three by a pretty good margin. Especially now that he looks like he's fully back in Kevin Durant. Which let's talk about that for a that's, second. That's, that's amazing. Coming off you know, an Achilles, unbelievable. It's yeah, right. Dominique I mean, Wilkins. He doesn't look like he's lost anything. Yeah, I mean, he just looks so good. Um, you know, and this isn't a Elton Brand groundbound big man. You know, either. I mean, he still looks athletic and explosive and all that other stuff. Um, what I worry about, though, is Harden and Irving playing off the ball. I think what you'll see Steve Nash do is you've got your first five, six minutes covered, your last five, six minutes. It's that 35 minutes, 40 minutes or so in the middle. And I think what, what he'll do is he'll stagger these guys. Yeah. He'll probably never play a meaningful minute without one of the three on the court. And that's how you make sure, especially Harden and Irving, that they're getting their touches in their time to kind of run the show and have the offense revolve around them and the like. And I, and I think that's important to keep them engaged, keep them going. And then the last thing I'll say is first time this team is in a close game with five minutes to play, it's must-watch TV. Absolutely. Because we're all going to be wondering who's getting the ball, right? Who who gets that? Especially if there's a game-winning shot on the line, who gets that last shot? And it's not – and you know, I say this all the time, the crap LeBron takes for passing – on uh, game winners is so stupid because I, I when he starts making mm-hmm. a forced pass and passes up an open shot, then he could criticize him. Um, it's almost always the right play, or not even say almost. It's always the right play. Um, but in this one, 
these are guys who are all wired to score, or I think LeBron is wired first to make the right basketball play. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out with them late in close games. You know what's going to happen is the Nets are going to troll everyone, and they're going to run a play to either get Joe Harris a <laughs> right? look or like a lob for DeAndre <laughs> yeah. Jordan or, or something like that. And uh, <laughs> and I'll be here for that too. But uh, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's going to be it's, it's gonna... a decoy. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be must see TV, and that's that's one of the great things about the NBA. You get these big moves, and now there's going to be even more interest in the Nets, and I can't wait to see what they look like when they're all out there on the floor. Uh, but let's let's jump to Houston. So James Harden, they lose twice to the Lakers. Harden clearly he knew that things were kind of in the works, and he just made sure he was trying to push that, give it that final push over the <laughs> yep. cliff and, and get it done. And so he makes those comments about his teammates, uh, which were, you know, not received very well, which that, that was the intent. That's what he was trying to do. And yep. so the Rockets ultimately decided to pull the trigger on the Brooklyn trade. And we had been hearing earlier in the day that, oh, well, it's the 76ers. They're looking at Ben Simmons and maybe some other pieces they can package in. They're trying to find other stuff uh, to get to uh, to get to Houston. And then ultimately the Brooklyn deal gets done. So what do you think about it from the Houston side of things? Do you think this is enough in return from James Harden? And do you feel like I do where I'm a little bit concerned that they didn't get that young building block player to go around they instead just got a lot of picks yeah i think the challenge was other than jared allen the nets didn't necessarily have that super young player karis lavert i refer to him as a young player but he is 26 you know he's not he's not 22 or 23 i think think we kind of forget that yeah i know (laughs) right i know yeah killing me no it's funny just as an aside i'm doing um i'm updating all the draft prospects to get them into my Mm -hmm. salary sheets and there's all these guys that were born in 2001 and 2002 and i'm just i'm real when zion popped in there and he was a 2000 birth date i was like i'm not i'm not ready for this (laughs) like this is you know we're getting we're creeping up to the the year my daughter was born and i'm not you know i mean i i know know i'm old and washed i just don't need the daily reminder um but yeah it is um from the rockets i would like this a lot better if they didn't do the second trade if they didn't do the oladipo trade i I would like it better i think that's where it starts to become a Mm -hmm. little bit it breaks down for me because i think you know if you could have you could have really sold me on a team of wall lever and wood for the next few years um and you know get get the right other veterans around those guys and i think that's a team that can be right in that playoff mix in the west and and it's not that oladipo is a bad player i just don't think there's any intention to resign him so what this screams to me which really worries me for rockets fans is we're just going cap space yep. and flexibility and now that they're going to have it are they even going to spend all the cap space i could easily see them being a team that spends right to the floor and calls it good enough and then says yeah we we're doing the bare minimum with this and that that's how they proceed going forward and that's really worrisome for a team that you know over the last what four or five years was right there for pushing for without the warriors existing this team would have made a finals yep. easily you know maybe even would have won a title you know, I think they were that good in a couple of those seasons. So that that's really disheartening to me is I love all the draft picks. I think that's a home run. You know, you, you, something good is going to come of sure. those. Um, they also added several other picks, you know, throughout other trades from Portland and Detroit and Washington in their other trades. There's protections all wrapped up in those. So who knows when they'll get them. But this is a team that was pretty pick poor 
after the Westbrook trade. Now they've replenished that. So they've got all sorts of stuff. John Wall is playing really, really good basketball. Yeah. Um, looks, you know, again, talk about another guy better than expected back from injury and is playing really well, John Wall. And then you've got um, uh, Christian Wood is playing fantastic. And I think Oladipo will fit in well. My, my question mark is I don't think they're going to resign him no matter what happens. And now, you know, where does that leave us? beyond this year this year if everybody plays well and stays healthy they're right there in the mix for the play-in at least but then what happens and that that's what i worry about because now you're looking at a future of christian wood and john wall and we'll figure the rest out yeah that's that's just it what was the goal here for the rockets was it to restock their team with young assets or was it to save money and i know you can do both things but which one was the higher priority? And the Oladipo trade, to me, says it was about saving money. Because do they really think that, that Oladipo is the guy you want over Karis LeVert? You can de- definitely make the argument. But they're close enough to where you should be giving the nod to the guy that's locked up for a few more years, that's a little bit younger. Um, and instead, they go with Oladipo. And I don't know if it's because they really like Victor Oladipo. And they just think he's that much better than Karis LeVert, which maybe he is, but I'm skeptical of that. Or is it just Oladipo has a contract that's expiring, and so in a few months you no longer have to pay that salary? And again, that's the scary part for the Rockets, for their fans, is that it's a cost situation. That's what they're trying to control more than anything else, and that's what this trade was about. Because if you're the team giving up your superstar, the last thing you want to hear from the fan perspective is, well... We saved a bunch of money. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, you're spot on with that, man. Nobody wants to hear. You don't even want to hear that ever. No. Right? It is, you know, don't tell me that, Mr. Billionaire. You know, go spend money. Make my team good. You know, this is your hobby and how you spend your money just like I spend my money on this team. The, the only right we always say this part of the reason why we don't do full grades and stuff like that is because you want to see the bigger picture come together but what i wonder with the rockets is now we're still two and a half months from the trade deadline which is absolutely you know bananas right that's just absolutely crazy um that that we're that far out i guess you know two two months and nine days or whatever it is but what what i think we're gonna see now is the rockets They'll give it another month, month and a half here. See how they look with this group together. Are they competing for a playoff spot and the like? And if they're not, then I think that's when they'll look at, all right, do we flip Oladipo in a trade? They can start aggregating him with other players at the beginning part of March um, with the new timing rules in the NBA this year as far as um, how all the calendar stuff works. Um, you know, do they look to move P.J. Tucker? Um, you know, could you look at moving Eric Gordon? You know, that'd be you know, they, you know, they'd love to get off the additional years of money for Gordon. So I think that's what's going to come now with the Rockets is give it a give it a month, month and a half here. See how good they look together with this group. If it's not working out well, then I think they'll start that teardown and they'll be left with wall, wood and whatever else the rest of the way. And then then they kind of are starting starting over. And if they can do well in those other trades if that's the direction they go i'll change my tune quite a bit on you know where this all goes going forward i just still have my questions even if this team had 40 or 50 million are they going to be out there spending it on max guys and trying to get right back into contention that's what i worry about with the Rockets. yeah absolutely and i think you know who knows it's possible that james harden was simply the rain cloud over the franchise and that now that he's gone suddenly everybody starts playing better 
Um, that's certainly possible. But I'll also say P.J. Tucker was in a weird spot. Uh, he wanted he wanted to get his contract settled this last offseason. Didn't happen. And there's a lot of teams that want him. And I can tell you, as a guy that I watched very closely in the playoffs when the Lakers were taking on the, the Rockets, and I watched him just battle, just pour his heart and soul into defending Anthony Davis in the second round of the playoffs, the guy that we saw a week ago is not that guy. There's yeah. something going. He is not happy. He is not happy with the situation. And maybe it's the Harden. Maybe Harden gone equals P.J. Tucker's back. I don't know. But it, it would shock me if P.J. Tucker was still a Houston Rocket past the trade deadline. So you're right. There are other moves that they're going to still make here. But long term, who knows? Right now, you know, draft picks can be something. They can be nothing. We'll find out what they do with them. Uh, the pick swaps could be something, but they, those could also really be be nothing. So we'll see what they wind up doing there. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Keith. Yeah. What I was. Oh, go ahead. You have one more thing on on Houston before we move. I, on. Well, I was going to say on Houston and yeah. the pick swaps with Brooklyn is it's important to remember too. That's how the Celtics got Jason Tatum. That was a pick swap. Yes. Um, there, that was not a pick they owned outright. That was a swap. So you know they landed Brown the year before um, with a pick outright, and then Tatum was a pick swap. So that is you know that's you know kind of at this point that's that's how important those are, and those were several years out uh, from that trade, and that's what I think you know a lot of people are like it doesn't matter those picks will never be you know less than you know twenty eight to thirty. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that you can say that in you know twenty five, twenty six, and twenty seven, and that's why you do it if you're the Rockets. And then if you're the Nets, again, just to kind of close the loop there, that's why you do it if you're Sean Marks because, you know, you're probably not making those picks anyway no matter what. Right, right, exactly. And I do like that NBA teams, I feel like, are getting smarter with that and they're pushing picks out farther because they're starting to project yep. or bet on when a team is going to start to decline and target those years for their for the picks that they're getting, which is, which is great. Um, okay, so the teams that I thought, though, I, people ask, you know, who was the big winner of this trade? And look, yeah, the, the Nets, they're going for it. Absolutely. They're going to get the attention. The Rockets are the team moving James Harden. Tons of drama there. They're going to get some attention. But I love what the Pacers did and the Cavaliers did in this deal. Both teams uh, just were, were great. Let's start because it's the easiest link. Let's start with, with the Pacers. Flipping Oladipo, who's probably leaving in a few months, and getting back Karis LeVert, they got back a second rounder as well, I believe. A younger player, locked up for a few more years. Uh, I like it. I like what the what the Pacers did here. This was this was great. I'm surprised they were able to get a second back in the deal. Yeah, I was too. And that that one is still, uh, you know, I, I don't like I said before. I don't really get it from the Rockets' perspective, but just from the Pacers' side, you know, Lavert is signed 16.2 this year, 17.5 next year, 18.8 the year after that. That's great, you know, mm-hmm. for him. Um, he's a guy who gives them a little bit of a different dynamic. He can really create off the dribble um, and do some things. I think now you're, you're going to have two, or when TJ Warren gets back, three guys who can create off the bounce. But what Lavert does differently than I think Oladipo does is he gives you a second guy in that lineup who can create for others. He's a pretty good passer, yeah. and that's where I think the Nets kind of giving him the ball last year when you know everything just kind of fell apart on him, and then they were in the bubble and didn't have Spencer Dinwiddie and all that. I think them saying, you know, hey, you go out and kind of be James, our James Harden, you know, where you're just going to do everything for us offensively. I think that really helped him unlock that part of his game. So now if you're the Pacers, you, the, the big thing and you hit on it is, 
you turned Oladipo as, a, as an expiring contract into a guy who's now under contract for, for this year plus two more years. Uh, no options on those years either. So that's big too. So I think think with Levert, the Pacers are now in a really good place where they can kind of keep this thing moving forward. They saved enough money this year that they get out of the luxury tax. They were over the luxury tax. They are now about... Uh, they're, they're just under the tax, um, you know, with, with this move. But you could see them maybe make, you know, another uh, move or two that might open up a little bit of flexibility for them to do something, which, you know, I think that is really important. So, yeah, I think the, the Pacers hit an absolute home run here with, with this trade. And I think they are, you know, well positioned now in the East until T.J. Warren gets back to stay, you know, not only competitive, but you know, be more than that to actually be good and stay in that mix for four or five versus kind of fighting to avoid the plan. Like I get that Oladipo is an expiring. And so from the ownership perspective, your GM has got to go to ownership for the Pacers. And it has to say, Hey, you know, we're going to have to spend a little more money here because Karis Levert has money for the following years. But I think that even worse, worst case scenario, I think Karis Levert is a positive asset on that contract you could always flip him if you if you really need to. But, sure. I mean, it, when you look at what they got and what they had to give up, like how long did it take the Pacers to say yes? Right? When the when the <laughs> yeah. Rockets said, when the Rockets said, no, nah, we don't really want Karis LeVert, and, and they call out the Pacers or whoever contacted the Pacers and said, hey, if you can get Karis LeVert and we'll throw in a second rounder and, and you're going to part with Oladipo, like how uh, did the Pacers just say yes immediately, no take backs? Or, or like how... How does yeah, that right? go down? I'm sure that's what happened. Yeah, I'm sure that was almost a yeah. Schedule the trade call. Yep. Let's go. Let's get it done. Um, yeah, and it's what, what you know. What's funny too is I think from the from the Pacers side is I think you know I want to give credit where credit is due to Victor Oladipo. Clearly, whatever trade request he made or whatever that did happen, uh, I think now. But he showed up. Yep. He worked hard. He played hard. He did his job and stayed quiet, didn't turn it into a kind of daily circus, didn't do, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, the other guy on the, the other big name in this trade, James Harden did, you know, or just kind of turned into a, you know, sideshow. Uh, Oladipo just did his thing and then they moved him along. And I think it was clear from the Pacers side, he was done there. They were probably done with him. So rather than just go into, you know, him being an expiring contract and losing him for nothing, now they turned it into a guy who fits and should fit really well with them. And then just kind of a fun wrinkle, um, if you go all the way back, they drafted Karis LeVert. He was part of the Thaddeus Young trade when the Nets were kind of doing their initial teardown uh, of things a few years back. They, they were the team that had drafted LeVert and then traded him uh, to Brooklyn for Thaddeus Young as they were selling off all their pieces. So, you know, just kind of comes full circle that way. So cue up, I'm coming home for when he first gets introduced. Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It. Get the Skyler Gary. Great. Yep. running. So let's let's talk about the Cavs. Finish up with that. Um, I, again, I love it. They bring in Jarrett Allen, and I don't care. I don't care that they've already got Andre Drummond, that they've already got JaVale McGee. Who knows if either of those are long-term pieces. Jarrett Allen, I feel like, was underrated with the Nets, underutilized. I think he's better than DeAndre Jordan. And yeah, you're going to have to pay him, but if you're Cleveland, who's taking your money anyway in free agency? The opportunity to get a young player like this who's even younger than than I realized um to come in is only 22 yeah which is which is crazy so the opportunity to get this again how quickly did they say yes and like why would the rockets not, not say hey we want Jared Allen in, in this deal it's it's baffling 
Yeah, again, I feel like this is just the Rockets, maybe being cheap. Yeah. Yo, I, now, I do think it is we have Christian Wood. We committed to him. Correct. He's our center of the future. Yes. So that part I can understand. Wood is definitely a five, not a four. Um, and I think he's proven to be a very good five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that part of it I can understand. Um, but, yeah, good on the Cavs, right? Because now Andre Drummond went for a comically low price of a second-round pick. Last year, if everybody remembers, and a couple expiring contracts, um, and uh, what was it, John Henson and uh, Brandon Knight. So what you're now, though, Drummond has played well. He doesn't have that kind of looming player option where he could kind of hold the team hostage of a opt out or a opt in. Um, so he, I think his value is better now. Um, so you could see it would not shock me at all because the Cavs are. They, they played so well out of the gate. Now they're starting to come back to earth yeah. a little bit. Um, they've had a lot of injuries. But it would not surprise me at all to see them turn um, Andre Drummond into another uh, trade where they move him along. You might not get something great, but you could probably get back the equivalent of the pick you just gave up to get Jared Allen. Because right. the pick they gave up wasn't even their own. It was a pick from the box. Exactly. Uh, 2022 pick. Which is probably not going to be very good. You know, it's probably, you know, I mean, as long as that Bucks team doesn't completely fall apart and trade everybody but Giannis, they're still going to be, you know, one of the top, what, five, six teams in the league at worst. Yeah. So you're talking you know, 24 or later. Um, so I think, think Jared Allen is certainly worth that. Um, and now I think, you know, so what you do is you bring him in. I mean, there's. They're weird. They're doing all sorts of stuff. There was a point in time when Allen first started his career where there's like, this guy might actually be more of a four. I think we're completely over that yeah. now. Drummond thinks he's a, you know, I don't, I don't know, thinks he's a point guard sometimes, I think. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, you know, you might see those two play together a mm-hmm. little bit because they play play a lot of double, you know, uh, big lineups and Kevin Love is still hurt. So, you know, but it, really for the Cavs, as long as they get plenty of minutes with, Allen, Okoro, Garland, and Sexton on the court together. I almost don't care who the fifth guy is. You know, give me Larry Nance. I'd like to see it be sure. Larry Nance um, or Kevin Love, you know, if you wanted the veteran shooter out there. But give me those four kids together for plenty of minutes. And I think whatever you do the rest of this year, that's a success because you're building now around that's your four building blocks. Yeah, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of that Bucks pick. The value that you're getting for that. Yeah, Giannis locked up long term. He's not a free agent next offseason. He's not leaving. So that Bucks pick doesn't have much value. It's going to be a late pick. Is Jarrett Allen worth a late pick? Yes, and then some. This guy is a good player, and now yep. the Cavs have added to their their stash of young talent, and maybe they don't have a star there, but at least they're continuing to make these moves that I mean, I would say this move's not a home run. Maybe it's a Maybe it's a triple, something like that. Maybe it's a double. I don't know. Jared Allen is a good player, though. He's not the superstar you're going to build around going forward, but he is a nice young piece that they added at an extremely low cost. And this is exactly the kind of move that if you do enough moves like this, they add up and they can make a real big difference in your franchise long term. And so, uh, you know, the Cavs and the Pacers both, I think even though they aren't the, the marquee names in this deal, they both made significant moves here. And both of them, I think, came out on the better end of the trade. Yeah, absolutely. I think think they, they did good and good on the Cavs, like we said, for doing it, for just being the third team mm-hmm. in. You know, just, yeah, well, we'll jump in there. Um, you know, Torian Prince, too, I don't think that, you know, moves yeah. the needle very much. Um, one way or the other, I think he's fine as a depth guy, especially as they're working through all these various injuries that they have. But then next year, that's $13 million in tradable salary. 
that they have now that they can look to you know further rebuild. Let, let's say too next superstar comes on the market, Cavs can get there very easily in terms of salary because you've got Love at that point. He'll only have two years left. You got Torian Prince um, contract there. You could you know you, if you needed to move Larry Nance, you could do that as well. So they can start to pile up salary to go get anybody they need to um, with you know, relative ease if that's the direction they wanted to go. Um, you know if another star comes on the market, and that's you know I think another big important thing too is positioning yourself. And they have all their own picks, you know, which is really important going forward too so yeah cleveland did great i'm with you i don't know a home run uh like a two-run double in the seventh to, there you go you know pad your lead or something like that I mean, maybe that's the uh the, the best way to put it this has been uh the major league baseball show <laughs> by trevor and keith so um but yeah it's uh you know yeah i love it for for cleveland too i, I think you know cleveland indiana I, you know as we're kind of you know getting down to that part of the show I think this is a rare win, 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 win trade. Um, you know, I know people say you're always too positive. You like everything and all that stuff. And there, there's some truth to that because I'm an optimistic guy. I like to you know, believe you know, things are going to go well. But nothing stands out as really awful here. I think you know, in terms of win, win I think the Rockets are probably on the lowest yeah. end of the win uh, part for me. But they got control of eight first round picks you know you can't that's insane that's a lot you know for one guy you know that that's you know absolutely bananas and then you have um you know i, I think the pacers and Cavs are at the high end at the, the nets if it all works out i think everybody won here it's just you know kind of varying degrees uh, of winning but yeah i'm you know happy with this trade for all four teams let me ask you this the deal that didn't get done with the 76ers with yeah. the, I don't know. We don't. Well, last we heard, the rumors that were coming out, and a lot of this was from uh, Mark Stein of the New York Times, was that the Sixers were looking for other pieces to try to pull out Tyrese Maxey out of the deal if they could, um, mm-hmm. but that Ben Simmons was involved. And that was going to be one of the pieces in there. <sighs> Should the Rockets, if it's Ben Simmons and you can get him, would you rather have that Nets package over getting Ben Simmons, who you already know? is a really, really good player in this league? Or do you think the, I mean, I, and I don't know, maybe the 76ers just said, no, you know what? The asking price is too high. We're, we're out. That's possible, right? I don't know sure. exactly who said no and who said what, but if you're a Houston fan right now, would you have rather done a deal to get Ben Simmons than get the package that they wound up getting with the Nets? I think so. Yeah. Um, but I'm bigger on Ben Simmons than I think a lot of people are. I think um if you had play if you could have put together a um you know basic roster that featured for the next few years at least Wood, Simmons and Wall, I think that's a pretty good foundation. You gotta definitely add some shooters around that and maybe overpay to go get those shooters. You definitely keep Eric Gordon in that situation. But I, th- I think that's good enough that you can really um, feel confident that we're going to be a playoff team. Um, you know, there there were a lot of people saying, you know, I just, you know, that's a lot to give up. I you know, I like Tyrese Maxey. I think we're going a little too far here. You know, this is the same as, you know, Celtics fans are like, well, as long as Peyton Pritchard isn't in the deal, like, we need to win. <laughs> I mean, these guys are, you know, late first round picks for a reason. I know they've had good weeks weeks to start their career in this you know weird weird season you know where all kinds of random dudes are going off right. and doing stuff um but yeah i i i don't know I, I feel like you know i feel like for philly though i like it if the intention was let's save our bullets and see if a bradley beal trade you know comes yes. up which i think there are a lot of teams that are looking at 
that team stinks. They're not going to get any better, especially without Thomas Bryant. Um, you know, I just I just don't see the path for the Wizards to get better. Beal has been, you know, he's been the good soldier, man. He's always says, I don't want to be traded. I want to win here. I want to do it here. But now Wall's gone. That was a big part of it. He wanted to stay with John Wall. And I think eventually that's going to come to a head. And I feel like he might be the next true superstar um, that, that becomes on the market. So if Philly held everything to say let's hold on and let's make that big push for a Beal trade Mm -hmm. then I kind of get it right then 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 I get it but yeah they might have missed a window here I don't I don't love it um for them if they gave up Simmons and Maxi and Thibault and a bunch of picks um but it seems pretty clear they weren't going to do it and the last thing I'll say on that is nobody knows James Harden and what he is and what he may become more than Daryl Moore yeah and if Daryl Morey wasn't willing to do everything it took to go get him, I think that should be a little bit of an eyebrow raiser to everybody else around the league. Well, I do wonder, is it was it Morey? How much influence does Doc Rivers had? I mean, we've heard that, that Rivers liked Simmons a lot and wanted to hang on to him. I, I don't know what the inner working, workings was like there. But yeah, if I'm if I'm a Rockets fan right now, I'm excited about all the picks, but I'm a little disappointed. They didn't find a way to get a deal done with the 76ers, but who knows if they hit on some of these picks, all can be forgiven very, 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 very quickly. Things can turn around Absolutely. in the NBA in the blink of an eye. Um, well, Keith, I think, I think we broke down all the different angles from this, talked about the cap side of it and everything. And like you said, the craziest part of all of this is we are still months away, two and a half months from the trade deadline, Crazy. which means there's going to be more NBA madness coming. And I am here for it. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, more than a quarter of the league can't even be traded right. for like three more weeks uh, because they're trade restricted until till uh, February sixth, and then the trade deadline is still you know a month and a half from there. So yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. I I love it. You know, this is why I think you know we love this league. There's you know it never ceases to deliver. You know, I mean the NBA. I know not in the the world as a whole, but at least in our world, it bumped the the second impeachment of the president. Yes. You know, completely off the. Page because it was like hey james harden's getting traded and that was you know i instantly went you know to that was on the tv in the background and i was just you know zoned in and focused on our what's going on with harden and texting and calling and doing all this stuff you do uh when this is going on so i'm with you man i think think what we're seeing now is just like the lakers did last year is when there's an opportunity to win let's go after it and we don't know how long that window might be open. We don't know what it is. You know, I think that's really exciting because we've got some teams sitting on those big trade exceptions. We've got some veteran guys who could be moved off of teams and the like. So I think you're going to see, you know, we might see another couple big, you know, blockbuster type moves where teams really say, all right, let's get this done. You know, we're, we feel like we're one or two guys away and let's load up and go for this. Even if it's not the right move five years from now, you know, it's the right move today. It's the right move maybe even next year. And if that's where you go, that's where you go. So, yeah, I think we're going to keep seeing these teams, you know, really doing everything they can to try and try and win. And, I, and that's that's the best for all of us, you know, as fans of the sport. You want to see teams, you know, making big moves to try and win. In fact, Keith, I think that's going to be – that needs to be our topic for next week's show is teams that are in position to make that next big move. Yeah. Yeah, te- I think teams that are in position to make that next big move and who are the guys who could be – Yes. Moved. Perfect. Those become the tandem topics. Yeah, that is perfect. All right, there we we go, guys. Here we are. 
live, well, sort of live, recorded, <laughs> right, with everybody, and we just put together next week's show. So there it is. There you have it. The you inner guys workings. missed out on, on like two or three texts back and yes. forth. Yes. Yeah, you we, missed out we, on We tend to come to topics pretty good. Hey, last thing, non-basketball thing, I see you're wearing the Captain America shirt. Yeah. Chris Evans is coming back to the MCU. I love that you got that. That's why I'm wearing this. I'm so excited. Oh, that's my guy, man. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm psyched. I can't wait to see what they do and how they're going to work them back in. It's a, you know, you, you know, it's family, basketball, the MCU. Like those are my three, you know, loves in life. So I'm super pumped. I'm right there with you. And I'll tell you that my favorite, I haven't done a whole lot of a deep dive. I've been busy doing a lot of different shows today, but the, my favorite fan theory that I saw so far is that the old man, Captain America at the end of Avengers Endgame was actually a scroll. And that's how they'll reintroduce oh. the Steve Rogers, uh, Captain America to uh, to the MCU. And I, I like that. I went, ooh, that that could be getting pretty good. So I'm I'm excited about I've that. I've seen as well. some people saying that uh, you know Loki, how he disappeared oh. in Endgame, is going to go get that version of Cap and maybe take control of him or something or or whatever's going to happen in Wandavision, which that starts. Uh, tonight i think maybe or tomorrow yeah uh, one or the other that that rolls i think it might be midnight tonight um you know here on the east coast so that'll be be out soon and and uh, i know they said they're all going to tie together and you really get to watch them all so yeah i i am psyched man i can't wait so we'll uh you know that that, that'll be a, a whole other you know uh, podcast we can break down i know you know binge mode's already doing it but but yeah man i noticed the shirt i had to call it out i i love it i i love that you picked up on that keith that's that that was a that was a great call all right, everybody. Well, I, hopefully you enjoyed our breakdown of the James Harden trade and then our, our segue into the MCU. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to include even more MCU stuff as we move forward here. But thank you, everybody, for uh, for watching or for listening. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, then you're probably a little bit confused about what T-shirt I'm actually wearing because you can't <laughs> see it. But it is a Captain America shirt indeed. Uh, make sure you guys are following Keith at Keith Smith NBA over on Twitter. Always does a phenomenal job keeping everybody in the know over there. And of course, you can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.